Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm happy that I have both of you on here because I feel like, Jenica, you're a little bit more traditional in certain things, and Johnny is a little bit more of a Gen Z for sure. Growing up, grandma and grandpa would always say, okay, when are you going to have kids? Do you feel that pressure, Jenica, or no? I don't, and I don't feel like I need to have children now. Do you guys believe in monogamy? I've never been in any kind of polyamorous relationship, but, you know, monogamous relationships, I've noticed as I've gotten older, they've gotten more challenging for me. Hey, what up, everyone? Welcome to Cheekies and Chill. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I'm not sure what day you're listening to this episode, but whichever day it is, I hope you're having a really great one. Today's episode is going to be really fun. It features my sister and best friend, Jenica. This is her second time on the Cheekies and Chill podcast. And Johnny, my baby boy, brother, who's not really a baby anymore. He's 21. So we're going to be talking about generational divide. We'll be weighing in on a range of topics to see how millennials feel about certain things versus Gen Zers. Okay. So I'm super excited to have them both here on Cheekies and Chill. As you know, I'm a millennial, which means I was born between the years of 1981 and 1996. And both Johnny and Jenica are from the generation Gen Z, which means they were both born after 1996. So let's just get into it. Hi, Johnny and Jenica. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm excited. I feel like I'm still like millennial. I'm only a year after the cutoff. I'm 97. So you feel like you're on the cusp. Yeah, I feel like I'm on the cusp. Like, I feel like I have a little bit of both. Yeah, she is on the cusp. There was like a whole thing like for like 90s kids, 97, 98, 99. They grew up with like 90s stuff, but like they still had like 2000. So like they're in between like Gen Z, millennials. It's a weird thing. They have their own thing going on. Okay, which is great because I'm happy that I have both of you on here because I feel like, Jenica, you're a little bit more traditional in certain things and Johnny is a little bit more of a Gen Z for sure. I don't know. Do you feel like you're a little bit more open-minded, Johnny? 
Yeah, to an extent. I definitely feel like I have an old soul about a lot of certain things about, you know, maybe the way I carry myself. But definitely, as I've gotten older and I started talking to more people my age, because I didn't used to do that before, I've noticed I'm like, okay, there's some things I have in common. There's a natural open-mindedness. Nice. And I think it also has to do with who you were raised by. You know, I think feel like mom was very like open-minded in certain things and then very traditional and not to sound bad, but narrow-minded kind of in a sense in certain things. Let's just call it more traditional, I guess, whatever. But moving forward, this is your sister talking. It's not your second mother. Okay. So let's be very open and have an open conversation. Can we agree to agree? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So, (laughs) So let's start with marriage. Okay. How do you feel about marriage, Jenica? Okay. The way that we grew up, mom had multiple divorces. So me, I don't know if marriage is ideal for me. And I feel like marriage kind of tends to like ruin things. I feel like it's not necessary to me if I've been with someone for like, let's say seven, eight years and they want to get married all of a sudden. I feel like we basically are married if we've already lived together if we have a kid or et cetera, et cetera. I think it's beautiful. I would love to have a wedding, but I don't know if it's ne- like necessary for me to get married. I'm kind of over the, have a kid after marriage, have set, like all that stuff. Like I'm kind of over. I feel like that's like old. It d- honestly depends on how you were raised. I don't feel like it's necessary. If someone wants to propose, then yeah. And I feel like it's like, you have to find that certain balance. But I feel like if you've been with someone for so long, you're basically married already. Okay, so do you feel like your life would be complete even if you don't get married? Yeah, I feel like it's just the title. Even when, like, nowadays when people ask you to be their boyfriend, girlfriend, I don't feel like it's necessary. Like, titles aren't important. I know. What about you, John? Her thoughts really echo mine, dude, and that's why I'm, like, so surprised. Well, you guys are both Gen Zs. I know. It's just, like, I thought it was just me, you know what I mean? I've always felt like my life circumstances may have made me unfit for marriage. Obviously, like, when you're raised, you're growing up, and you're thinking about, like, that as, like, an angle or something, but it's just, I don't know. It's Our life circumstances have been so different, and I feel like if I am going to marry someone, I would need to put in a lot of work with myself before I do something like that. I'm talking like not like two, three years more. I'm talking about like a whole, like seven years or something. I feel like you guys are both too young personally. That's there we go. There's the mother in me. I'm thinking you guys are too young, but I honestly feel that people shouldn't get married in their 20s. Personally, that's a time where you guys should just get to know yourself and build a relationship. And then maybe later on in life. I don't know. That's the whole like rule I have of myself is I don't want to get married until after I'm 30. It's just an open rule with myself. But I also just, not that I'm like calling that upon me, but it's just, it's hard to envision a marriage lasting. But that's also just because we, I don't know, our bloodline has run in so much divorce. I know, but we are going to break generational curses, guys. Okay. It's going to start with us. It is starting with us. But do you think the issue is more getting married, period, or getting married to the wrong person? Maybe to the wrong person. And I was kind of thinking that while Jen was talking because. I think my first relationship, I fell really hard. And now whenever I date anyone, it's really hard for me to like fall like that or just, I don't know, it's almost like I'm one foot in, one foot out. So to make a step like marriage is like, I don't know, it's hard. It's probably the wrong person. What about you, Jenica, or just in general? You're just not interested. It's not that I'm not interested. I'm not opposed to getting married. I just, like I said, I don't find it necessary. And I don't find it necessary for someone to ask me to be their girlfriend. Like a whole little proposal thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like titles are so overrated now. 
Later on, yeah, sure. Like, ultimately, I don't want to have to get divorced. So obviously marry the right person. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. As a millennial, I, I, I don't know. I think it has to do also with how we grew up where I wasn't like that type of girl that was like, oh my gosh, I dream of the day that I'm going to get married in my dress and this is what I want. Like I was never that type of girl. But when it came around, I really did want to get married when I got married. And we all know what happened with that. But I guess it's weird because I'm like, I wouldn't mind getting married again, but I'm okay if I don't. I think as far as marriage, it has to do with how we grew up. Uh, what is, what's your take on, on having children? Do you guys want to have kids? Johnny wants to have a kid already. I just feel like I'm very content with my nieces and nephews that I don't need to have my own unless I am with someone that I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. I think it is important to have children with the right people personally. I mean, how are you supposed to know everyone changes, you know, but yeah, I, but you don't feel like in a rush. You don't feel like I, me growing up, I felt like grandma and grandpa would always say like, okay, when are you going to have kids? Like I want grandchildren and se te va a pasar el tren. Like you're getting older. And it's like, I feel all this pressure of if I don't have kids now, I'm like, I'm useless. Like someone once told me you're here to reproduce. That's not the only thing I'm here for. I'm here to do what I'm doing now. Not having children doesn't make me less of a woman. Do you feel that pressure, Jenica, or no? No, I don't. And I don't feel like I need to have children now. Ultimately, it's like whatever I want to choose. Even when I'm with someone like, say, my husband, like, and he wants to have kids, I feel like I still have that right and that decision to choose when I want to have the baby or not. Because it's just my body and what I personally prefer. I'm no, I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush to even get married or to even be with anyone. I do agree. Like, Having kids young, I don't want to have kids when I'm like, I'm 50 because I want to be able to enjoy them. I want to be able to have fun and like grow with them. And I don't want to be old, but I do think that there's no rush. I feel like when the time is right, the time's right. So do you think I'm too old to have children, Jenica? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay, cool. That's good. Yeah, because I don't feel it. You know, I just like I always say this all the time. Like, I don't feel like I need to have children right now because I feel a lot younger than I am, to be honest. And I'm not just saying I just really do feel that. Like sometimes when I say my age, I'm like, what? When did that even happen? <laughs> but shit, I'm sexy, you know, but whatever. I think you could be sexy at 50, 60. That's, you know, not the case. But anyways, Johnny, you've told me plenty of times you need to have a child. You need to leave something on this earth. Do you still feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, I really, really don't. It's just something I feel like it would it would be fulfilling for me. I would love to have a mini me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jenica, what's what age do you think if you were to have children, how old would you want to be? I'm twenty-four going on twenty-five. I feel like I don't know, probably like thirty-five. Okay. Johnny? That's just me just because I've always wanted to be like a more youthful dad. Hopefully I can get my shit together by the time I'm twenty five. As much as I can, but I don't know, 25 to 30. And when you guys have conversations with your friends, do you guys hear them say like they want to have kids too? Or I've heard a lot of conversations, even myself. I think I've told you this too, Johnny, where I'm like, how am I going to bring a child into this world? You know, I, th those are my personal concerns or like even, you know, we're overpopulated. I don't know. I think about everything. I don't know. You, you can't help but think of those things sometimes. I think for me, I've had conversations like this too, like where they want to have kids young, like by 30. And 
I don't think about the overpopulation. Like, I feel like whatever happens, happens. God lets it happen. He'll make the earth bigger. I don't know. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's move on to home ownership, you guys. How important do you feel it is to own your own home? Do you think it's necessary? I mean, we grew up like you got to work to buy your own home. Mom owned her first home at 19 years old. I owned my first home at 32, I think it was. What do you guys think about that? Well... I owned my own home. Yes. Mm -hmm. The blessing. Yes. I don't know how old I was. Yes, it is very much a blessing. I believe I was 21, 22 when I got the house. And that was something mom wanted for us. She said she was going to give us X amount of money for a down payment. So shout out to mama up in heaven. Thank you. But do you feel like it's a marker of success? Do you feel like good saying 
oh, I own my own home? Yeah, no, I believe that it's super important. I always felt like, I always felt like I was wasting money renting at an apartment or why am I spending so much here when I could put it towards something that I can own versus not being able to put up my own fucking like teas or like decor, stuff like that mm-hmm. because of an apartment rules or stuff like that. I feel like it's super important. And ultimately, I think it's an investment because either way, it adds on to your name. And yeah. Well, because Jenica left at 18, you guys, she mm-hmm. just said, peace out. I'm 18. I want to be independent. I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I I feel like I'm a little bit more like Johnny. I really thought that I was going to live in mom's house forever. I was comfortable. I felt like I'm not going to get married. I'm going to live my life for my mom, for my siblings and be there for them. And until my mom literally had to push me out, was like, you know, you got to go. But Johnny, and I'm not asking this question because I want you to move out. You know, I love having you here and I would love having Jenica here if she wanted, but I understand, you know, but I want to hear you a little bit. It's definitely a goal. It's just more so with me figuring out when is going to be the right time for me to take some step like that, especially more so it's a, it's an emotional thing. I think we've been so attached to one another for so right. long. That's where it gets really difficult, but it's definitely like a goal. And I look at videos like when mom had her housewarming party and I, I wonder like how she felt there. You know what I mean? It's just something to think about and you just envision what it would be like to be in those shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So monogamy. I'm interested in this. Do you guys believe in monogamy? When you do get in a relationship, do you feel like I respect this person? I don't believe in having an open relationship. Oh, yeah. Unless there's like clear boundaries, like, hey, you know what? Like, I kind of just want to fuck. Like, (laughs) then sure. Okay. So you are DTF. Yeah, basically. Well, I don't know. Right now, as of today, no. You're chilling. I'm chilling. But I do believe like one partner at a time. I don't want you dating anybody else or talking to anybody else. Okay. Yeah. Same. All right. Okay. Yeah. Because I've asked myself, I've spoken to other Gen Z's and and they're kind of like, no, I want to have an open relationship. And they're pretty straight up about it. They're like, I will tell the person I'm dating. Hey, yeah, you're the only guy I'm dating, but I also like to kiss girls once in a while. And I'll let you know, like, I'm at least I'm being honest sort of thing, you know, which is cool. Whatever tickles your pickle. What about you, John? Yeah, I definitely think it's like monogamous relationships can be great. I've never been in any kind of polyamorous relationship at all. But you know, monogamous relationships, I've noticed as I've gotten older, they've gotten more challenging for me. I don't know what exactly it is, but I remember in my first relationship, it was very easy for me just to be loyal. But also, I think that also has to do with the fact that I just don't let myself fall as in love as I did the first time. Because, you know, when you love, like, you cease to be, you know what I mean? Like, you, you lose your individuality a little bit. So you feel that, did that first relationship scare you a little bit? And you feel like maybe, no te quieres entregar completamente con alguien? Well, yeah, basically, just because I went through so much, I was cheated on and I came out publicly and I found out that, you know, it was that week actually that I had gotten cheated on. And so, oh, man, I felt like I made myself look so stupid. And it's like, I don't ever want to make myself look that stupid again. Yeah. So you felt like it was a slap in your face. If I could just give you some advice as your sister, as a friend, I don't think that you should look at it that way where you feel like you made yourself look stupid. I think you were being honest with yourself in that season of your life. And this is what I'm living. You were being 
honest and open. And I think that you made a lot of people feel a lot more comfortable in their own sexuality. And that's something that I feel like eventually maybe we can have another conversation where we could talk a little bit more about that. So you could elaborate if you like, but I don't think that you should feel stupid. And I, I don't think that because that one relationship where you were monogamous and you were faithful didn't work out, does that mean that everyone else is going to be the same, you know? And I think it's just going to take time. I think right now you guys are young, you're young, Johnny, you're 21. Like this is the time for you to explore your body, to meet other people, to date different people. And I'm not saying just go and just give your penis to everyone. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, whatever you want to do. But (laughs) I mean, what I'm saying is right now your 20s is to kind of figure out, okay, who am I? What do I want in life? Just to get your shit together. So don't feel bad about that. Yeah, that's how I've been taking it, and I and all I, all I heard going into my twenties was that your twenties was just you finding yourself, losing yourself, and just finding yourself all over again until you're thirty. Absolutely, that's exactly what it is, and and you just have to be compassionate with the process. Entrepreneurship, okay, Jenica, you are an entrepreneur. You have over comfort mm-hmm. now more than ever. I feel like everyone wants to be like a CEO, own their own business versus having a nine to five job. How do you feel about that? I believe that everyone could be an entrepreneur. I believe that people that have a nine to five are limiting their mind and creativity to be something greater. I personally don't think I could ever do a nine to five. I like what I do now. I like being able to help people. And I mean, nine to five, like a corporate, there's only so much that you could do in a nine to five like working for someone else. And I like knowing that I could do things for myself and create my own schedule. And at the end of the day, for me, at least for over comfort, it's, it's something that can help people and inspire people on the daily. I feel like there's room at the table for everybody, like no matter what it is, whatever you want to create. But yeah, I feel like entrepreneurship is the way to go. And also, I feel like that's the way mom raised me as well. Mom was very hands-on, like businesswoman and all that. So I feel like it's the only way I know versus actually going to work at a nine-to-five. I agree. There are times where I have thought it is just going to be easier if I do a nine-to-five. I'd have less stress. You know what I mean? But I do enjoy what I do. So I get that. I mean, now talking about college, I've thought about it so many times where it's like, I wish I would have gone to college in the earlier years of my life. I feel like it's never too late. And there's no shame, you guys, just going back to the nine to five. There's no shame in doing a nine to five, whatever works for you. And now we do have more opportunities because of social media to push businesses, which I think is awesome as well. But it's a lot of work, like Jenica said, to have your own your own business which takes me back to to what I was saying, the college thing, you know, for a long time, I thought like I should have gone to college because I had dedicated my life. We know this story already to my mom, to my, to my family. And I thought like, that's something that no one can ever take away from me. My education, you know, learning something, a trait of my own so that I did not find myself at 26. Like what the hell am I going to do with my life? But I feel like now more than ever, I understand and I'm grateful for how things went. But I still kind of want to go to college sometimes, you guys. Do you guys feel like you want to go to college? Like, I don't know. I mean, Johnny, I know you tried. What school did you go to again, Papa? It was the Hollywood what? It's the Los Angeles Film School. Yes. I was going up until January or February this year. I just, because uh, everything got so hectic with mom and stuff that I thought I'm not going to be able to give it the time it needs. But I've, even though it's been online, but I spent about three months of it in, in actual, like, everyday school. I was getting up early and whatnot 
and I and I enjoyed the experience. Like it was it was fun and it was different. But I don't know. I uh, I just have to be passionate about whatever I'm doing because something actually that scared me about choosing something to do in college was I always heard about how so many people end up usually switching their majors. I am glad I went for something that I know was like you know not naturally going to stick with me. It's music, something that I really love. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I went for that. But as far as like anything else, like I know I would like to get a business degree at some point. That would be good. And do you want to complete the the music and film school? Yeah, definitely want to. Because Jenica, you also tried going to college, right? Yeah, it just wasn't for me, you know. And I love school. It's not like I don't love school. I just feel like, I don't know, a moment clicked to me where it's like, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm not going to be a surgeon. Like, then what am I doing? Because the benefits that you get in other jobs just aren't necessarily worth it for me. I always wanted to be a teacher, a preschool teacher. Like, I loved taking care of kids. But then I knew that there was something more out there for me. And now, like, with Overcomfort, I'm able to still help children and make donations for foster care or, like, stuff like that where I feel like I'm making a much more bigger difference, in my opinion. Okay. I like that. And see, that that's my take. I'm all about education. If you, like Jenica said, if you're going to go to school, you have to be passionate. Like they both said, you have to just be passionate about what you're doing and what you're learning about whatever it may be. It's just having something of your own to fall back on is so important. And that's why I'm an advocate for education. And I want to give out more scholarships because I don't care what it is. If you're going to go to a traditional college to be a psychologist, let's say, or you're going to go to cosmetology school, like I want to be able to help people achieve their dreams. I just, knowledge is power. That's all it is. That's my take on it. But I was very curious to see how you guys felt. You guys know that I support all the decisions you make. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you 
sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, you guys, vaping, Jenica, I see it more now than ever. You always have a vape in your hand. And I see a lot of Gen Z's with vapes in their hand. Can I ask why? Like, like, is it like something to do? Does it help with your anxiety? Okay, for me, I used to be against it until everyone started having it around me. And then it did help with my anxiety. Like, I just grab it and I was like, okay, just take some deep breaths, et cetera, et cetera. But now I've moved on. It's more of a habit for me. It's not like I absolutely need it to survive. No, I feel like I just like blowing out the air. So I switched over to like these zero nicotine ones. So it doesn't really like mess with my lungs and my body and all that. But some other people really like it. I agree. It's not the healthiest for your body. So that's why like I just move on to like other alternatives or I just smoke weed. All right. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. What about marijuana? I like it. Yeah. I just can't function every day high. Like me. Why do you smoke weed so much, Johnny? Well, when I started, honestly, it's just because I had so many, so many moments of like introspection alone, and I don't know. I just started realizing like a lot of my problems like were were fixable. That's where it first started. I'm like, I love the introspection. I love that. I felt like I was like learning a lot about myself. And then music, music and movies, dude, they're just better. Music, <laughs> music especially, like especially when I always say I'm gonna take a break from smoking weed, it's always music i'm like i really want to listen to this to this song hi i think there there are so many benefits with smoking marijuana of course responsibly you guys our elders they saw it and i don't know if they still do but saw it as something so negative you know what i mean because that's how we grew up i mean for a long time it was illegal now it's legal here in california but I smoke weed and I've, I've shared this with you guys before here on the podcast. I do it to sleep, to relax. It's helped me with headaches, with stress, you guys. I just feel a lot better. You know what I mean? Since I've been kind of smoking. You and your brother Mikey are, are stoners for sure. You guys wake and bake, huh? Yeah, I was waking and baking through my bong all of February and I would do it before I ran, dude. It helps. That's crazy. See, and and I think it just, it works differently for everyone. I mean, I can't smoke during the day. Like, it's just not my thing. And it's not even every day I can't. It's like every other day because it can make me a little lethargic, I feel sometimes. But for sure to work out, I've never tried it. But it's for sure medicinal, you guys. But anyways, okay, let's talk about tattoos. You both have 
tattoos, plenty of them. Mm -hmm. They used to be very taboo. I mean, when I got my first tattoo, I was 18. And one of our uncles was so upset and said, you are the first one to have a tattoo in the family. How dare you? Of course, it was a tramp stamp. Now I removed it. I regret it. I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't regret many things in my life, but I do regret that tattoo because it was just dumb. Thank goodness you guys are smarter than me and your all of your tattoos have a lot of thought in them. But when I was growing up, it was like, oh my gosh, it is una sucia if you have tattoos. Like, oh my gosh, how ladies don't do that, you know? But I think like the tattoos on you guys look so nice. Why has it changed? Why is it just more acceptable now? I think that people have meaning for them. I don't think that it's necessarily a problem. Like if my kids want to have tattoos, go for it. I would never hold them. Like mom didn't like tattoos. Yeah, mom didn't like them. She ne- she didn't have one. Yeah, but, but I think that was, she wanted to, but she was like a, a, afraid because of her mom, no? Yeah, because grandma, grandma didn't like tattoos and didn't want her to have any. So she wanted to, she was curious, but she was like, no, how are they going to look when I turn 60 or 70? I'm going to be a grandma with all these tattoos. It's not going to look cute. But she let me have it. I never got a tattoo without asking her. So I was just, even when I was not living at home, I would be like, hey, mom, I want to get a tattoo. Are you cool with it? But anyways, I mean, I was just wondering because I feel like tattoos, I see them as something nice. You know, I see them as a form of expression now, you know? Okay, so last question. Celebrities versus influencers. Are they the same? What's the definition of someone famous? How, how has it changed? I don't know. I feel like they're the same. In what way? Celebrities can influence people. Like you're a singer, right? You're an artist, but you are able to get these brands to influence people to purchase the products. Not necessarily a brand, but even on your day-to-day, things that you use, like you influence people. A celebrity influences people to change things like Kim Kardashian, like she's a celebrity and everybody looks up to her. But hasn't, hasn't it always just been like that, dude? Because they've used celebrities like singers, actors for marketing campaigns and put them on billboards, advertisements. That's all it is. Exactly. I and feel like they're on, the it's same. Just, it's just on Instagram now. Like they, yeah. It just happens to be on social media. I feel like it's the same thing. Okay, yeah. Because for a long time it was, I mean, I've gotten this so many times. Like, oh, you're not a singer. You're an influencer. And I'm like, uh, no. I am a singer and yes, I also am an influencer. I guess there's a huge difference between being an influencer and actually being influential. So that's something that I had to also accept because it was kind of like frowned upon that I would do kind of both. And I feel like it's a blessing that I can sing and write books and be an author and stuff, but I can also get on Instagram and be honest and transparent with people. I think again, going back to our elders, they would see it as you haven't worked as hard as we did to get where you're at because you have everything in your fingertips through social media. And I'm like two middle fingers up in the air for you because it's still hard. You know, it's a lot of work in doing videos and reels and all this stuff, you know, it's, it's work. Yeah. But honestly, dude, I feel like if mom was here, she would have like ended up being a a queen of it. Like she would have mastered it. Oh, for sure. Because if we think about it, celebrities came from like acting and singing just that, you know? So now some people are like, oh, influencers is just social media. So do you guys see them as influencers? Like for instance, let's say Alanized, you know, he's our homie. Do you see him as a celebrity or do you see him as an influencer? Influencer. It's hard. It's hard to, yeah, I get the difference, but. I I see. It's, I don't know. That's a weird topic. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it's just, it's just fame, dude. That's all it is. Like it's, Mm -hmm. Uno no está mejor que el otro. I mean, at the end of the day, all it goes down to is just fame. 
And I, no shame to like people. Obviously, I'm an influencer too. Like people got to make their money. Everyone has their own way to make their money. And I don't think that it's a problem for people to use social media as an outlet for money. Like if that's where it's coming from, like, go ahead, go for it. If you're doing something else, good for you too. Like, I don't think it downgrades how much effort or work that you do. I feel like you're putting just as much work as anybody else. Yeah. And and that's one thing that um I had to kind of come to peace with because... The first time I ever heard the word influencer was when I was trying to get a show on, on a network, right? And they were like, okay, so, but what do you do? And I'm like, uh, well, I'm a, I come on on reality shows and like, no, but we need you to do something. And I'm like, what? Like, they're like, but you're more like an influencer. And it was kind of like a negative connotation, you know? And I'm like, no, wait a second. Like we just said, you know, it takes a lot of work and it's time consuming to also be an influencer. But anyways, yes, I agree. Whether, you know, I think it's a blessing that you can use social media now to have your own business, to uh, sell products, you know, it's a blessing. So whatever works for whoever it is, I think it's, it's fine. Yep, I agree. I loved this conversation that we've had. And thank you both for being a part of this podcast and just having an open conversation. I wanted to just kind of get in your guys' mind, see what you guys were thinking. I think because we come from the same womb, and you guys were raised by wonderful, powerful, great women, you know, <clears throat> just kidding. You guys are great. I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts and your opinions on these things, because I mean, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm a traditional in some ways. And then in other ways, I'm not, I'm very open-minded. I just think it has to do a lot with how you're raised at the end of the day. Yep. All right, guys. So thank you again. If you guys want to share your social medias, let's start with Johnny Angel, share your social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as The Great Single. Okay. What about you, Jenica? I am Jenica underscore Lopez on Instagram. And we have Overcomfort. Going to plug that in too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, guys. Well, make sure to follow them. They are wonderful human beings, not just because they're my siblings, but they really are. So go ahead and follow them on their socials. And as you guys know, we always end every episode with a motivational quote. And I feel like it goes very well with what we're talking about. The quote is, love is the greatest gift that one generation can leave another. So it doesn't matter if you're a millennial or a Gen Z, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, love is the moving force of the universe. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you here on the next episode of Cheekies and Chill. Do you need advice on love, relationships, health, imas? I'm so excited to share with you that my Cheekies and Chill podcast will have an extra episode drop each week. I'll be answering all your questions. Just leave me a voice message con todas tus preguntas y yo te las voy a contestar personalmente. All you have to do is go to speakpipe.com slash cheekies and chill podcast and record your questions. I can't wait to hear from you. This is a production of iHeartRadio and My Cultura Podcast Network. Follow us on Instagram at My Cultura Podcasts and follow me, Chiquis, that's C-H-I-Q-U-I-S. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tengo 
tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en Español.com. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.